plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. No, I'm not for sale. are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Colts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley, and I wanted to thank you guys for joining me here on a Monday, May 8th, and uh, I wanted to start the show uh, today by thanking you kind of the way that I end the shows typically but I wanted to thank you guys all for the the uh, insane amount of ratings and reviews on iTunes those have honestly helped the show so much and I just wanted to tell you all for all of you uh, those that have been doing it and that have done it I greatly appreciate it and believe it or not you guys are really helping this show grow more than you can imagine so uh, thank you especially for all the kind words on the reviews and everything else. Just really appreciate it. And uh, for those of you who haven't done it, I'd really appreciate you guys at least going and give a five-star rating and kind of just, you know, if you love the show, you love it. If you don't, you know, hey, I'm not above criticism. So thank you guys all for that. And uh, uh, for those that haven't done it, please go do that. That would make the show uh, even better. So thank you guys. Uh, but I also wanted to start today by dropping a little uh, heads up on on an article that I thought was real interesting. Um, my guy, Josh Wilson from Stampede Blue, uh, put this up and it was about the running backs that the Colts have selected throughout the, you know, the, what the past 10 years or whatever. And it was really interesting. Uh, it's just a shorty, but it's, it's interesting. You guys can go check it out. And it basically talks about how when the Colts drafted Joseph Adai in 06, you know, he, he turned out pretty well. It did, he did well for the Colts. Uh, but at 1999 was the last time that they really had, you know, a really quality productive running back in edge. And, Outside of that, he lists uh, a few running backs as far as Donald Brown being a first-round pick, DeLon Carter in 11 uh, being a fourth-round pick, Vic Ballard, who who showed a lot of upside, but obviously his uh, his career was cut short, and he was drafted, drafted in 2012, that year that Luck was drafted. And then a couple other guys uh, like Josh Robinson and Mike Hart, who were drafted uh, in 08 and 15, respectively, and Kerwin Williams, who basically didn't last more than, you know, what, a year or whatever with the Colts. He's now actually with Arians in Arizona. But uh, he goes on to kind of tell how those guys just didn't cut it. And uh, it was interesting to see how little those guys actually contributed to the Colts offense. And, you know, granted, with with Peyton Manning being the quarterback and a lot of it being, you know, basically Peyton was the grandfather of turning the NFL into a passing league. I think, I think that is, is fair to say. Uh, and so it was uh, kind of interesting to see, but it's kind of uh, an assumption, you know, with these guys, if they don't really blow up, you know, with the limited amount of carries that they were to get with the, the offenses changing in the NFL, then there really wasn't much of a place for him. You know, uh, Donald Brown, we didn't really actually see much of him at all 
until it was his contract year, and he ended up playing really well for the Colts that year. But other than that, the Colts have been kind of, you know, and I wouldn't even say hit and hit or miss. It's just been <laughs> they've just been empty draft picks, you know, for the most part. Um, and now with Marlon Mack coming to Indianapolis, it would be uh, really interesting to see how he uh, kind of pans out. You know, this offense is built uh, not around uh, the running game by any means, not around the passing game necessarily either, though. It is built around the talent, and obviously Andrew Luck is the talent. But if Marlon Mack can show out that he is the guy and that he can be the the guy that can create those big plays for the Colts in the middle of the field and kind of hit those home runs, then you know he's certainly going to have a place in this offense. And not only that, but he's going to have some plays that are specifically, obviously, for him. I mean, outside of the running game. And it's just interesting. It, it's something that the Colts desperately need. They have uh, a lot of firepower in the passing game. There's no two ways about it. Uh, Frank Gore has done a pretty good job of getting himself small, getting a couple extra yards here and there. He's really had to fight and battle. You know, last year, the offensive line, though, uh, wasn't great in the passing game, but as far as in the running game, they were pretty good. They ended up getting uh, Frank Gore a little bit more uh, yardage than than what he even got. In fact, uh, they, they ended up creating a lot of the yardage for Gore as opposed to him creating his own yardage. So it'll be fascinating to see if a guy who looks like he's going to be able to kind of hit those home runs and and be able to to create yards on his own past what the offensive line creates for him then what could this offense truly be? I mean, they were eighth last year, okay? And this is a year where the offense needs to not only improve on the offensive line, the running back position is improved already, I think, with Mack back there with Gore and Turbin coming back. Hope, uh, you know, what, what Gore can provide this offense, we don't know this next year. He is getting old, of course, you know, so it's uh, something that's left to be determined. But uh, we just need everything to go kind of our way and with the offense the way it is with the top three or four wide receivers the way they are and some more competition on the back end of that uh, that's that's something that could really put this offense in a top five position most definitely now if we can get the same from our defense then of course the defense is going to be a big player in that and hopefully this defense can start to stop the run a little more not rely on the back end guys in our secondary to make a lot of the tackles and improve greatly in coverage which is not only something that a pass rush will help but the linebackers are going to have to cover better than we've seen guys cover in the in the past from the position and the secondary the the safeties and the cornerbacks are going to have to be you know able to hold their own and not only the starters but the backups the guys that come in uh, in certain situations and packages and when people get hurt so but that's what we're here to talk about today we're here to talk about uh, the the battle for the defense the roster here the depth chart so let's go ahead and start with the defensive line and right now, as of now, I've got Henry Anderson, T.Y. McGill, Jonathan Hankins, Kendall Langford, Hassan Ridgeway, and Al Woods uh, kind of being safe. I think Al Woods is safe because he's a secondary nose guard. Um, this kind of plays into what I feel like T.Y. McGill is. Now, now hang with me here for a second. But Jonathan Hankins last year played a lot of three-tech, okay? Now, if you don't know what that is, that's uh, uh, him being basically inside shoulder, outside shoulder of the guard. Uh, on the offensive line across from him, okay? Now, the zero tech is the nose guard, the nose tackle, whatever you want to call it. 
and that's what Snacks Harrison played last year for New York. So Hankins was in and out of the nose tackle and the three tech uh, quite a bit, you know, basically playing three tech a lot more. So that's what I think kind of uh, T.Y. McGill can can bring to this defense right now. He's gonna he's good at that. I mean, he did really well last year, but they didn't have a true nose because it was David Perry, and he just hasn't done enough. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people like him, but you know, uh, as far as just a kind of a loose end paying attention to to what's going on up there but he just really doesn't have it okay he just doesn't that's why they need a true one that's why they went out and spent the money on Jonathan Hankins because he's do- he could be dominant at that position and he can really set up a lot for this defense now when you look at T.Y. McGill being able to play that three tech that's really interesting and very uh, fascinating for this defensive line because if T.Y. McGill can can do that with a three tech on either side of him Al Woods can move in and out of one of those two positions a lot, depending on what he brings. Now, I'll be, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know that Al Woods is going to make the roster, but that as of this moment, that's who I've got as being safer, in my opinion, because he's got experience, he's got time in, he's proved that he can play uh, either one of those at least uh, in a rotational role. So that is another backup for there. But obviously, Henry Anderson out of five, uh, Kendall Langford at the other five, Hassan Ridgeway moving in and out as a three. Hassan Ridgeway is a guy that I love. I've liked him a lot. He played last year. I thought, you know, when I look back at his pro football focus grades and then I look back at the tape, I don't understand where they come up with that part of the grading scale. But I, I don't, I'm not the one who grades it. So I don't, I can't say one way or the other. All I know is that I like the way Hassan Ridgeway plays. I like that he can be a guy who can push the pocket, and he's also a guy who can kind of stand up and belly up with the offensive line and hold his own at the point of attack and allow those linebackers to get through. Maybe the, the linebackers weren't so successful last year. Maybe he downplayed a little bit of uh, Ridgeway's grade with PFF. I don't know. But there's a little bit of competition here, actually, because uh, Grover Stewart's a big dude, okay? I don't, I didn't like his what I saw of him after he got drafted as far as uh, what the, what small amount of video that I could find. Okay, the dude's apparently pretty athletic as at least as far as what his numbers provide, but as far as far as technically goes, he's not very sound at all, and he relies a lot on immediate power and then tries to push off of those guys. Now, if he's just a big dude to take up space, I get it. But if they're hoping that he can be that three tech, then that requires a lot more than just being able to stand there and try to hold your ground. That is something that the nose tackle does, the zero tech with Hankins. But Grover Stewart's going to have to prove that he can do something else, that he can shed uh, offensive linemen and be able to, to, to basically push them off and help in the running game as opposed to just creating uh, a bit of a fork in the road for running backs. Uh, Marcus Hunt, I'm not so sure that he's a guy that I think is really, he hasn't done anything when he was at Cincinnati. He didn't improve really. He was a guy who was, uh, considered to be, uh, uh, Bjorn Werner's basically, uh, mirror image, so to speak. Uh, another guy in there that they thought could get, they could get him and later on in the draft and that uh, he would be actually better than Bjorn Werner, but neither one of them did much of anything. So you got Marcus Hunt there. Uh, UDFA is Justin Thomas uh, out of Iowa State. I really like him, Uh, at least the initial bit of film that I've watched. I liked him. Big dude, long, likes to get to the quarterback. He would be more of a five-tech. He's a defensive end, 
at uh, in college, so he's not going to be a guy with interior uh, capabilities necessarily. I don't think he's uh, built that way, but he's a guy that can get off the edge, and that's interesting to me because eventually we're going to need another one of those guys when uh, Kendall Langford's no longer with the squad. Uh, Christian Sokoli, I uh, don't know much about him at all, uh, but uh, if that if we don't know much about him, I'm certainly not putting him in the safe area. So then uh, David Perry, I've got side outside of the safe area as well. I think that he's lost his job between um, you know his incident in Arizona there, getting arrested uh, with the cops and everything else. Not to mention he's just not that good. So uh, I don't have him in there at all. I don't have him in the safe area. So let's move to inside linebacker, Sean Spence, John Bostic, Antonio Morrison, Edwin Jackson. I kind of think uh, the four that you would expect to see there, uh, the four, the, uh, the two guys that started last year, a good portion of the season. And then the two new guys, you got Bostic is a, is a mean hitting machine. And then Sean Spence is kind of a little more of the well-rounded uh, type, type of inside linebacker. I think that this is going to be a nice little foursome here. Uh, they're, they're counting on Antonio Morrison making a significant leap this year. I hope that that dude has had his nose in the playbook, honestly, all offseason. And if he has, that'll be fantastic because he's got the skill. He's got the natural ability, without a doubt, to do something. But he just didn't have it upstairs last year, whether that's uh, something as far as attention deficit, you know, as far as uh, being able to uh, pay attention to what's going on in the field, keeping his keys and reading them, then, you know, that's one thing. But as far as not knowing what you're doing on the field, that's another thing, and that's something they can't have from that interior linebacker position. Edwin Jackson's a guy that I think is uh, somebody who could fall either way. I think he's good enough to be on the roster. He showed pretty well last year at times, a lot of times actually, but he also showed uh, a lot of vulnerabilities uh, against the passing game. He was a little sloppy in his tackling at, at times and kind of would lunge at people and drop his head. You can't see what you're tackling if your eyes aren't up. And he did that a little too much, but that comes with inexperience, and the more he's there, I think the better off he'll be. So that's somebody that I think could fall either way. If he's improved or he's stayed the same, I think he'll be fine. If he's decreased or declined at all, then he could find himself on the outside looking in. Uh, Anthony Walker, the draft pick for the Colts there, you know what? I, I hear so much good about this guy, but these are the times that, you know, you just have to understand what you see with your own eyes. You guys may, some of you may uh, disagree with me. Some of you may agree with me. I just didn't see enough out of him to really be excited about him. You know, when I watched his film, I wasn't uh, overly enjoyed about anything that he did. I think they keep talking about how smart he is and that he's so football smart, but it doesn't, it didn't translate to the film that I saw. So, Maybe I'm not watching the right games, but I know that they talk about his weight fluctuation as if that has something to do with it as far as when he's a little heavier, his coverage you know, uh, lacks. But when he loses his weight and he gets at a more, uh, more mobile weight, more agile weight, that his power struggles. So I don't really know what to expect from him. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him in camp. I hope that he proves me wrong, at least from what I've seen so far. I could uh, care less what my initial interpretations of him are right now. I want to see him play, and I want to see him play against pros. And whatever we see out of that is what we're going to get, you would you would assume. But I think that he's a, a – I mean, they don't draft a guy if they don't want him to at least make a solid comp- competitive effort to, be, to make the roster. So – He's either going to do that or he's going to be on the practice squad. There's not going to be a cut, in my opinion. He's better than probably a couple of the linebackers they've drafted in the past few years. 
So that kind of depends on what's going on with him at camp. How does he show? Uh, Luke Rhodes is the next guy at inside linebacker. Not a lot, you know, on him either. You know, just a little bit. He's been a guy that's been there for uh, a little while. Not not more than I think a year. I think that he's already been there, but he's kind of the guy who's kind of ridden the practice squad and the outside of the roster for for a while. So we'll have to see what he does. It'd be nice. He's built right, you know, uh, to play the position. He's got uh, plenty of ag- agility. Uh, from what we just from what we see, you know, in in the limited reps and stuff with preseason and all that stuff afterwards, he can play. But as far as how good he can play, you know, that's you know he just hasn't played enough to know that. So uh, let's move on to the rush outside linebacker and the strong outside linebacker groups. I'm not going to put these guys in definitive categories, although I have them separated in front of me. I'm not going to put them in a, a category and kind of pigeonhole them into one or the other because I think that a lot of these guys are a little versatile as far as uh, interchangeability to to move from one to the other. And I think that's why they took who they did, not only in um, the draft, but with free agency as well. And so we've got right now, I've got four guys that I think are as safe as it gets. I think it's Jabal Sheard, John Simon, Terrell Basham, and Akeem Ayers. Jabal Sheard, John Simon, Terrell Basham, no chance that those guys fall out off the roster. Not a, not a chance. Um, Akeem Ayers, I think he's a roster uh, guy for sure. I really liked a lot what he did. He was really honestly at times last year and probably a, a lot of times the most productive at the position. Now, we saw that Eric Walden had 11 sacks last year. Most of that was from coverage sacks. A lot of times, the quarterback stepping up into the pocket, Walden running down the line of scrimmage, and just happened to get to the quarterback before he crossed the line of scrimmage. But he also, I mean, Walden did pretty well last year. You know, I'm not going to say he was great or very good, but he did pretty well last year. Akeem Ayers, on the other hand, forced the pressure, forced the quarterback to be stepping up into the pocket a lot more. He also was able to create interior pressure on twists or anything like that. So you don't see him in the stat book for what he did, kind of like T.Y. McGill. He was a guy that these two guys were just grunts, just churning out uh, movement, forcing quarterbacks to move off their platform, and that's what you want. You know, somebody's going to eat up those sacks, and it just happened to be Walden. And so when you get past that, these guys, there's there's five other guys that are, you know, you know wishy-washy, and we don't know what we've gotten any of them, to be honest with you. Kurt Majit, who's got a ton of ceiling in front of him. I mean, the guy could be really, really good. Uh, he, he showed that he was capable last year at times, but he just didn't provide enough when he wasn't in the game or when he was in the game uh, throughout the entirety of the season. Barcavius Mingo, man, I don't even know what to think about this guy. Most likely, I think he's a roster guy, but I think he is a special teams guy. But he has to prove, I mean, this guy was a former first round pick. This guy has to prove that he's at least capable of doing something on the field. I mean, whether it's in sub packages or whatever, He's definitely athletic. He's definitely quality and, I mean, strong enough. He knows the game of football, but it's all about can they teach him what they want and, like, can those two uh, meetings of the minds create something to where he can be successful in this scheme? I don't know, but I sure hope so because, like I said, the guy has a ton of ceiling just like Majit, and it would be really exciting to see him actually uh, reach a little bit of his potential. Uh, LeVar Edwards... We don't know what to expect from him. He's very inconsistent, big body, uh, uh, decently athletic. I mean, nothing out of this world or anything like that. 
but you know, consistency, consistency is the major thing out of these guys. I mean, they've got to be able to tackle. They've got to be able to rush the passer and, and not just get held up, you know, on one-on-one situations. If these guys can't beat their offensive linemen ever, they're just not important to this team. They're just not pertinent. They don't do anything. They don't serve a purpose. So, uh, we don't know. And Deontrez Mount is another guy. Garrett Sickles is an undrafted free agent. We don't know about these guys. These guys are going to find. We're going to find all these guys. Uh, what we know, we, what we need to know about them in camp. I mean, camp is, believe it or not, actually serves a purpose. A lot of people think it's it's a junk, but it's it's not. You watch some of these pass rush drills. You can see what you need to see. It's almost just like watching tape on guys that are getting ready to be drafted. You can see the bend in them when they do the pass rushing drills. You can see the way that they use their hands to beat the offensive linemen, the tight ends, so on and so forth. Whoever they think is going to be set up outside. And you can see who's got it. I mean, at least who's who it's ringing true with, who's, whose light is turning on. You know, so these are the guys that really are going to need to do that. Those five have a lot to prove this camp. That's going to be an exciting position to find out who can hold down the edge for the strong side and who can rush the quarterback. And not only that, but those four that are on the roster that I have on the roster already, those are the four guys that kind of uh, are interchangeable the most. And I don't, I think that Sheard and Simon. Uh, as well as Ayers can all hold down the edge. And I think Basham, from what I watched of him on tape, he can do it as well. And I think that three out of those four can really rush the passer successfully. Ayers isn't quite as successful, although he does force the quarterback off his pro, uh, his platform, like I said. So it's still effective. Uh, let's move on to the cornerbacks. Vontae, Rashawn Melvin, and Quincy Wilson right now, are, uh, and Darius Butler and Nate Hairston are the guys that I've got on the roster. So we've got uh, two starters in Wilson and Vontae on the edges. And then at nickel, I think that I've got, I've got Darius Butler right now there as the starting nickel corner. I know he was re-signed as a safety, but I just think that they're going to see that there's just not quite enough experience in that nickel spot right now with Hairston and uh, maybe anybody else. I mean, if Rashawn Melvin could very much be the starting nickel corner in this defense because he's got some length. He's also pretty good covering across the field. He did really well last year for a guy ultimately just taken off the streets. Um, but I think Melvin's going to be a corner uh, or he's going to be a backup to multiple corner positions. And I think Nate Harrison eventually is going to take that nickel slot. Although I think Rashawn Melvin is going to do a lot of work next year. I think he's going to be a guy filling in uh, a lot on the edges. I think he's going to be a guy who can play in the nickel. Uh, But the guys on the outside looking in right now, a lot of people are talking about Reginald Porter uh, as coming in as an undrafted free agent. I can't find a lick of tape on this guy, so I have nothing to say about it. I do not have an opinion. All I can, all you guys, you guys know everything that I know. I'm hearing everything that you guys hear, and vice versa. So there's nothing on him right now. If I ever get any film on him, I'll be sure to uh, pass that along. But Chris Lyles, I could even he had limited tape, but he's so intriguing because he's six four and almost two hundred pounds, big long dude. Uh, some people are already talking about trying to move him to safety. Just quit doing that. Just because the dude's tall doesn't mean he's a safety. Okay, it's okay that you think that, but that's just not the that's just not the way it is. I mean, he can be a six four corner. He can also be a six four safety. But the problem is, is that he's a corner. He hasn't he didn't play safety in college, and until they make him a safety, he's not a safety. He's a corner. When you look at Chris Milton, 
Daryl Morris, Tevin Mitchell, and Frankie Williams. Williams is a shorter guy. He he came back in and out off the roster last year. Didn't do too bad. Daryl Morris did pretty well last year. He's a guy. He's a fringe guy. I think that he'll be probably on the roster. But Chris Milton as well. He's another guy. He has the ability that he he's been back and forth as well. But it'll this cornerback. I mean, there's so many positions, guys. We talked about a few on the offense the other day, and now we're talking about them on defense. There is a lot of positions that are going to be interesting at camp. I think that it's bad if they're only having a uh, two uh, dates where people can come in and watch it off the streets like they used to do at Anderson University. I think that that's going to be missed this year because this is a ton of competition. A lot of fans want to see this. I mean, this is going to be some great stuff. And unfortunately, not only are we not getting them on hard knocks, we're not even getting them at camp this year. So, uh, you know, I'll do the best I can to pass along anything that I see while I'm there. But I just think that that's uh, a bad situation where the Colts only have a couple of, uh, you know, a couple where people can come in like they've had in the past. I think that was really great to bring the fans into the, the situation and. You know, that's just a shame in my from where I'm sitting that that's not going to be the case this year. So the cornerback position going to be very exciting, going to be very competitive. Let's move to uh, safeties. We got the freeze uh, that are basically Malik Hooker and Darius Butler. Those two are basically the ball hawks in in the middle of the field. Those are the two guys who are going to be expected to be uh, covering on the back end of all of the underneath stuff. And they're going to be the guys that people want to see the interceptions from. Now, Butler has tried to bulk up a little bit, apparently, you know, since he's been uh, getting back into the building uh, because he wants to provide a little more physicality, whereas Hooker is not a physical dude. He just is not. And we don't want him to be physical because he does have some injury history and he's, you know, like I said, he's just not physical. So uh, he's going, these two guys are the two that they're going to want on the back end there to patrol the center of the field, to be able to roll rotation, roll coverage uh, to the left or right to help cornerbacks over the top. They'll be good at that. And I think that that's a good spot for them. Like I said, I think Butler might start at the nickel, but I think he's going to be quickly surpassed by Hairston, and I think that that'll probably be uh, something that they do where they could possibly have as many as three, at least what they consider to be safeties on the field, where you could see Hooker, Gethers, and Butler, all three on the field at the same time, and that would be interesting as well. But once they get Hairston a little more acclimated to uh, what he's doing, that'll be you know something that we should probably see as well. And that is where Hairston played in college, was in the nickel a lot. So uh, Matthias Fairley and Lee Hightower and Andrew Williamson, I've got them on the uh, outside looking in as far as in these two groups. Uh, outside of Hooker and Butler, you know, basically playing the safety, I've got Gethers and TJ Green as well. Obviously, Gethers is going to be that physical guy that we missed last year after week 11 when he got busted up against the Titans. You know, we saw uh, TJ Green get a lot more playing time there. And, you know, I think that you guys are well aware of what I feel about TJ Green, at least at this point from what we saw last year. Uh, it's basically that he's going to have to. He did. Now, there was something that I did see a lot in his film that. I didn't recognize necessarily during the season. He was really good coming from the outside on safety blitzes. I mean, he was really good at it. He he sifted through pretty well coming off the deep edge and was able to uh, evade a lot of running backs trying to step in and protect the quarterback. He made a couple hits late. He made a few hits in just the Chiefs game alone. Uh, 
but he does a nice job at that. That's something I think that they're going to rely on, not rely on him, but that's something that he is going to be asked to do a lot when he is in the game. He's going to be somebody that quarterback's going to have to watch out for as far as rushing the passer. He's far quicker than Gethers. He's far quicker than Butler and probably Hooker as well as far as just pure speed. And that's something that I think that they're going to use him for uh, in particular. They may put a three safety look on the field and then move him down specifically to get after the passer. So that's something that I think that we may be looking forward to this this season. Uh, Gethers, he's the unquestioned leader there. And, you know, Green has a lot to go as far as being able to play in coverage and in run support as well. He struggles to make uh, tackles when it's you know uh, in when they're in space. As far as him trailing and pursuing behind a ball carrier, he's more than capable of tackling a guy from behind. There's no two ways about it. But when it comes to you know mano a mano and we're coming at each other, he misses a lot. He throws his body a lot, and that's just not effective in the NFL. I mean, that just does not happen. Uh, so I'm interested to see all of these to be honest with you, all the way from the D line to the safety positions. I cannot wait for this to happen. This is one of the most exciting defenses I've seen in a long time. And it's not so much that I think this defense is going to be a top 10 defense or anything like that, but they don't have to be guys. They've been 23rd, 24th, 28th. They've been terrible in the past several years. All they have to do is be somewhere around the middle of the pack. I mean, for anywhere from 15 to 18, that's not great. But that's a ton better than what they were. And if they can keep their big plays down, if they can tackle against the run and keep those safeties in those corners hidden and allow them to cover as opposed to having to be the guys to step up and help and run, that's going to be a huge issue. If our front seven starts tackling this year, look out because this defense could be good enough to help the offense be explosive and the team in general could really start pulling some wins together. If not, and and there's a a grace period here, guys. I mean, this isn't something we expect. I'm just saying that this could happen. The defense needs to be the piece to get the offense going. And that's something that we should expect if if the defense starts playing well. The offense should be able to, to win games and to close out games and to slit the throats of the defenses of the other teams because this offense is put together pretty well. So that'll be interesting. Now, we will jump into special teams here, and we'll just knock this out of the way. Tom Hennessy, uh, long snapper now, only one on the roster. Adam Vendateri is the kicker. Jeff Locke and Rigoberto Sanchez are the two punters. Who's going to win that punter duel? I don't know, and I'm going to be completely and totally honest with you. I don't care. One of them's going to punt. Let's hope that they can do their job. Uh, as far as kicking and long snapping, I don't know who Hennessy is. We've not seen him snap in a pro game. Let's just hope that he's, you know, equally as good as the long snapping has been in the past. I mean, I can't recall a bad snap. I can't recall much of anything like that from Overton. But long snappers are required to go down and cover on punts as well. So let's hope that this guy, uh, Hennessy, is at least good enough to do that. I would assume that he is. But like I said, I mean, how do you watch film on a long snapper? (laughs) I mean... Uh, Vinatieri, he doesn't age. He's going to be there. Jeff Locke, Rigoberto Sanchez. We'll see what happens. I don't, I don't really know. So thank you guys all for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed these really early sections of what the depth chart could uh, eventually look like as the season grows closer. And we'll definitely be going through these again as the season starts to get a little closer. We're just so far away right now. The excitement, uh, I couldn't handle it to be quite honest with you. I wanted to see 
what this team looks like from 10,000 feet at this point. And right now, it looks like there's some potential in both units. Obviously, the offense has a lot of potential. The defense has the potential to improve. And so let's hope. So, like I said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, big shout out to all you guys that are giving ratings and reviews. Shout out to uh, little hometown Logan Sport here that's getting second and third in uh, in my listens over the past few weeks. Thank you all around me. I appreciate that. And thank you guys all over the place from across the pond to Australia and wherever else you're listening. Thank you guys for listening to Locked on Colts. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'll talk to you guys all tomorrow. Right here on Locked on Colts. You are Locked on Colts, your daily podcast on the Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.